0: Good morning. Welcome again to our service, those of you joining us online. And so great to see so many of you here with us today. Thank you for being with us at River Oaks on this fourth Sunday of Advent. By the way, if you've not been picking up one of the little Advent cards each week at the Resource Center, David Holcomb has done a great job of preparing a little study that goes along with the passages uh, we're studying in the service each week. I'll just note those if you want to pick one up. Uh, when you leave today. We've been focusing this Advent season on the Gospel of Luke chapters 1 and 2, all the events surrounding Jesus' birth, His coming, His Advent, and the people connected with those. We've seen people like, of course, Joseph and Mary, but also Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. Today we're going to read about two of the least known figures surrounding the advent of Jesus. Their names are Simeon and Anna. And their account is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. You'll see it on the screen and I'll read it for us now. And the passage begins with Mary and Joseph bringing the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to present Him to the Lord. will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him, to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem." Now, just prior to this passage that I've just read for us, we're told that Mary and Joseph, when Jesus was eight days old, presented him to be circumcised. That's when he was named, just as we read was done with John the Baptist on his eighth day. Scholars say that this presentation at the temple was probably done 40 days after the birth of Christ. And Mary and Joseph are doing everything that they're doing at this point in accord with the law of Moses, the law of God, the Scripture. They're obeying what the Scripture teaches. And part of what the Scripture prescribed as they presented Him to the Lord at this 40-day point was that they bring an offering. And in the Old Testament, we read that that offering might be a, a lamb of some type. But if the family was relatively poor and could not afford the larger animal, a pair of birds would suffice. The law made allowance for those who, who had less in the way of, of material means. And so apparently that's, that applied to Mary and Joseph. They brought a pair of Birds. They apparently were not wealthy people, and so they bring Jesus to the temple at this point. And here in Jerusalem, they encounter two people, two people who were God seekers, people who were seeking God. The first one, Simeon, and the other one, Anna. You know, when we read the the uh, Christmas stories, the Advent accounts, uh, we we make we give a lot of attention. A lot of attention to the shepherds who were led to the birthplace of Christ and to the Magi who were later led by a star to where the Christ child was. They they figure a prominent uh, role in the Advent account. But I'll bet that none of you have a Simeon or an Anna in your manger scenes at home. They're not talked about very much, but they play very significant roles. And like the Magi, like the shepherds, they were seeking God, and they were mature seekers of God. And the question I want to raise this morning is this. Why did God put their account in Scripture, and what does their account have to teach us as those who seek to know and follow and worship Jesus today? In Simeon and in Anna, I think we see, first of all, the value of expectant faith in God's promises. Note what we read about Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem, his name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. What was the consolation of Israel? Commentators say this is a way of saying he was looking for the Messiah. He was waiting for God to fulfill the promises found in the Old Testament Scripture, this comforting of the nation of Israel. This would come about when the Messiah would come. And notice that his waiting wasn't just passive sitting around. Well, the Bible talks about, as it often does in the book of Psalms, waiting upon the Lord. It's not talking about passive inactivity. It's talking about expressing your faith in God by prayer, by worship, active trust that God's going to do what He said He would do. He may have said it a long time ago, as was the case for Simeon, waiting for the fulfillment of what the prophets had prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, but he was actively waiting on God and seeking God. Simeon demonstrates active, expectant, faith-guided anticipation that God would fulfill His word. So, when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple, they encounter this man, Simeon. And we read next in verses 28 to 32 that Simeon took the baby Jesus up in His arms and blessed God. Now, Mary and Joseph uh, apparently had never seen this man before, but they perceived that he was a righteous, a God-seeking man, and they actually handed him the little baby Jesus. You know, if you were asked a question, who in the Scripture was responsible for dedicating the infant Jesus? We're not specifically told that's what Simeon did. Mary and Joseph had brought him to be circumcised, and <clears throat> they'd given him his name. But I think we might conclude that that's exactly what Simeon is doing. Perhaps he's not dedicating him like we dedicate children to the Lord, but recognizing who he is. Simeon took the baby Jesus in his arms, and he began to praise and bless and worship God. And then he said something remarkable. He said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, Lord, I can go now. This is what I've been waiting for a long time. You're going to let me depart in peace. And then he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Oh, wait a minute. How does he know that this baby, Jesus, is the one who's going to bring about God's salvation? Your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And now he realizes this salvation that he's talking about, inspired by the Holy Spirit as he's praying, is not just the consolation of Israel. It's not just the Jews. It's everybody the Gentiles, non-Jews too. He realizes because the Holy Spirit is, is guiding him as he prays to speak prophetically that this is God's salvation, Jesus. The value of expectant faith in this man who is waiting for the consolation of Israel. And so he prophesies, he prays these beautiful words. What about Anna after they encounter Simeon, Mary, and Joseph with the baby Jesus encounter a woman named Anna. We read these words, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. That is, she was Jewish, getting her lineage here. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. In other words, after she was married to her husband, she only lived seven years. Uh, And then he died. She lived beyond that. Her husband died, rather, after seven years. And she lived as a widow until she was 84. So she's an elderly woman, and she's not departing from the temple, the Scripture says, worshiping with fasting and prayer day and night. Now, this shouldn't be understood to mean that she was there 24 hours a day, and all she did was fast and pray. It's a figure of speech to say she's there night and day. It's much like saying some of you who volunteer in our office and serve here, she's at the church all the time. And that's what this woman, Anna, did. Her expectant faith was expressed by her fasting, her prayer. She likewise was waiting for God to fulfill his promises. Simeon and Anna are examples for us of people who were God seekers. And because they were seeking God, God met them with a remarkable privilege of not only seeing Jesus, but then speaking of Him in the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says something in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that's very important. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must not only believe that He is, but that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. God rewards God-seekers. Those who seek Him, find Him. Have you ever wondered why, why it is that some people, some people you meet seem to have an especially close relationship with God? They just have a really, really close walk with God. Well, in, in all likelihood, it's because they have sought to have a close relationship with God. The Lord says, if you seek me, you'll find me. God rewards those who seek him. And the greatest reward he gives is a greater knowledge of himself, a greater work of his Holy Spirit. You can walk more closely with God in the coming years if you seek to walk more closely with God. You can know him better if you seek to know him better. You can love him more. You seek to love him more. Simeon and Anna were were God seekers. So we see the value of this expectant, God-seeking faith. Furthermore, we see in Simeon and Anna the need for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Their desire to walk with God wasn't just something they worked up merely by the power of their own human reasoning or will. The Holy Spirit was deeply at work in each of these people. Notice what we read about Simeon in verses 25 through 27. In each of those verses, there is a reference to the Holy Spirit. Now there is a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he would seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit led him into the temple, Right at that time. So the Holy Spirit is putting the pieces together. He's orchestrating the events. The Holy Spirit is the one who put Simeon there right at the moment when Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus come. And Simeon takes him in his arms and he praises God and he speaks prophetic words about the salvation God is bringing about through Jesus as if it were already accomplished. The Holy Spirit. What about Anna. In the verses about Anna, we don't read the words, the Holy Spirit, but here's what we do read. There was a prophetess, Anna. A prophetess is someone whom the Holy Spirit has gifted to speak words of God to others. Guided, empowered, directed by the Holy Spirit. Unless one's a false prophet, words of prophecy are always guided by the Holy Spirit. Prophecy in the New Testament is told to us that to be a, a gift is said to be a gift of the holy spirit so anna was an example of a spirit gifted woman spirit guided woman she's an elderly widow but she's gifted and she's guided by the holy spirit these two people because the holy spirit was at work in them through them find significant roles in the advent account If you have embraced the salvation God has provided through Jesus, if you're truly a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within. You can be sure of that because the Bible says if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. But there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit dwelling within and being Spirit-filled, being full of the Spirit, yielded to the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. That's why often in the New Testament we we read that certain individuals were filled with the Spirit. In fact, the Apostle Paul gives a command to the church, to the Christian, says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You and I can have a closer walk with God in the coming year if we ask God to fill us, to yield ourselves to Him, to walk with Him. I've got a little note on my desk at home that just reminds me, Seek to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the fullness of the Spirit today. Simeon and Anna were examples for us of the value of expectant faith and the need for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And then because of these things we see in Simeon and Anna, they had the privilege of being used by God to bring His message to others. God uses people who seek Him. God uses people who want to know Him, who want to be part of His plan. And He uses people who desire to have the presence, the power, the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and He fits them into His plan. What was Simeon's message at this point? Simeon gave to Mary and Joseph a very challenging declaration of truth. After he'd spoken the beautiful words about You know, Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared in the presence of all people. After those beautiful words, he says something else. He blesses Mary and Joseph. But he says this. He says, this child, Jesus, is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is to be opposed. Well, that doesn't sound so good doesn't sound so good to say about a little infant baby. What does he mean? Well, what he's saying is the truth. Jesus himself, though he is the Prince of Peace, also said, I came not to bring peace but a sword, because his words bring a division. There would be some who would receive him, who would humble themselves and receive his grace and know and follow him. Others who would reject him and oppose him. The humble, those who would humble themselves before him would indeed be exalted. But those who would exalt themselves in pride and arrogance would fall. He would be appointed for the fall and rising of many. And then Simeon looks at Mary and he says the words that I think are the hardest words in the whole Advent account. They're not ones we typically talk about much at Christmas time. He says to Mary, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Why in the world would he say that? Why would he say that to this young mother with a little 40 day old infant? Well, it was true. It was true. Mary, we would read in the Gospel of John. 33 years later would be there when her little boy, now a man, was at the cross and she would see her son. Yes, he was a son of God, but he was also her flesh and blood son. She was his mother, fully divine, yes. Fully human, yes. She would be there at the cross when he, having been flogged and scourged and mocked and spit upon, would be taken and nailed there. And so I think Simeon spoke the truth. And it's a reminder to us that, yes, Jesus, the Son of God, brought our salvation. This is good news of great joy, and it is for all people. But there's a reality here, and the reality is that when we follow Jesus faithfully, there's no guarantee that life will always be easy. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute me, you. follower of Jesus has to be willing to make a stand, to stand for him, to faithfully serve him, to represent him regardless the mocking, the cost. In fact, Jesus said to his followers, If people reject you and despise you and save all manner manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and leap for joy, for your reward is great in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets who were before you. He brings free salvation. But he also calls his followers to count the cost. Simeon gives challenging words. Now Anna's words are good news of coming redemption. How is she used after we read of her initially? We're told at the end of this account that she comes up at the same hour and begins to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. I think we can understand the redemption of Jerusalem is the same thing as the consolation of Israel, which is the same thing as the coming of the Messiah, Anna gives thanks to God, and then she goes on to tell everybody. Just as the shepherds who found Jesus at the manger went out to begin to tell people, Anna now sees the baby Jesus, and like Simeon, she recognizes who he is, recognizes that through him will come redemption, and she begins to tell everybody about him. Anna was not only a prophetess, as far as I can tell, she was the first woman to be an evangelist in the pages of the New Testament, along, I'm sure, with Mary. So as we reflect on Simeon and Anna, just a couple of questions, three questions by way of personal application this morning. Number one, am I a God-seeker and am I living a God-seeking life that starts are receiving the redemption Jesus provided by His death and resurrection. What Simeon did not explain, but spoke of prophetically when he spoke of God's salvation, was the fact that Jesus would ultimately give his life on a cross, there he would shed his blood, when he would be nailed there. The reason for that was to be our substitute to be the Lamb of God slain for our sins. He would take our place. He would pay our price, our penalty. He would be the Lamb of God slain for us. And through our faith in Him, we would be accounted righteous, forgiven by God, redeemed by His blood, bought to God, for God, made members of His own family through our faith in Him. Secondly, living a God-seeking life by learning and relying upon God's Word. You know, everybody in today's passage, Mary, Joseph, Simeon, Anna, were doing what they were doing in response to God's written Word, the Scripture, the law of God, the law of Moses, the prophets. Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus in perfect accord with the law. Simeon and Anna were waiting for the Fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. God calls people who seek Him to seek Him in His Word, in the Scripture wherein He has revealed Himself in His will, in His ways. And then finally, am I living a God-seeking life by seeking to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Life as a follower of Jesus really can't be lived apart from the promise of the Holy Spirit. We can't know God till the Holy Spirit opens our hearts and eyes and draws us to place our faith in Jesus. But then he enables us, empowers us to go out and tell other people and to live a life for the glory of God. So Paul says, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray about these things today. Father, thank you for these little-known God-seekers, Simeon and Anna. Would you work in us, Lord, to give us seeking hearts that we, like they, would believe your promises, that we would be instruments of your Holy Spirit, and that we would tell others and speak to others your truth and love? Father, I pray for your people here this morning. I pray first for anyone here who does not have assurance about his or her salvation that today you would bring that person to repent of sin and place faith in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. Father, for those of us who are believers, would you work in us by your Spirit to create a deeper desire to know you, to love you, to walk in your ways. And may we, like Simeon and Anna, be instruments of the Holy Spirit. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.